This is the Come A Girl Daily Podcast, written by Stephanie Bond. July 8th, Friday. Today is test day. Early this morning, my bed and I were wheeled to another part of the hospital. Sydney's rosary clicked against the bed in a rhythm that seemed to say, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. I was psyched at first, but oh, the delays. Over what seemed like hours, I was put in an MRI machine and given a CT scan. Both passive tests that simply look at the state of my brain. I heard Dr. Tyson say she wanted to assess the swelling. Then I was hooked up to an EEG, an electroencephalogram, a fancy name for a machine to measure what, if anything, was happening in my head. I heard Dr. Tyson talk to others about electrodes, so I assumed they were attached to my head in some way, although I couldn't feel them. I tried to concentrate on what was going on around me, but I confess all the voices and noises and scents made for sensory overload. I could almost feel my brain misfiring. When the doctor addressed me directly, presenting me with words and phrases that were meant, I assume, to trigger a sensory response, I was fading in and out. In school, I was known as someone who studied diligently, but who didn't test well. And here I went again. From the snatches of conversation around me, I realized someone was touching different areas of my body with instruments ranging from brushes to sharp probes to see if I responded. Ditto for heat and cold. I didn't feel anything at all, but I hoped my body was sending signals to another part of my brain that was responding and I just didn't know about it yet. I was also subjected to a series of sounds ranging from soft buzzing to shrill sirens, and finally, scents of evergreen and ammonia and other chemical smells I didn't recognize were passed close to my nose. If I ever wake up, I'm going to suggest they add the scent of a cheeseburger to the lineup. By the time they'd wheeled me back to my room where my family waited, I was pretty sure I had failed the brainwave tests, and I was terrified of what that might mean. Would they remove my feeding tube? I'd filled out a healthcare directive stating I didn't want to be kept alive by artificial means. What I should have checked on the form was the box for don't ever give up on me. So if the time came for my family to order me to be starved to death, I had only myself to blame. What are the results of the tests? Sydney asked. She's taking the role of my spokesperson seriously. Let's start with the good news. Dr. Tyson began. Marigold is breathing on her own, and all her organs seem to be functioning well. Except for her brain, my mother prompted. Yes, the doctor agreed, but today's tests indicated there is still substantial brainwave activity. Oh, thank God, my mother said. And Marigold exhibits localized response to pain, which is good, but not great. She can feel pain, my dad asked. Your daughter had an involuntary, localized response to pain. What we're hoping for is a more general response, a full-body response to pain stimuli. That tells us more parts of the brain are communicating. I'm confused, my mother said. Marigold is in pain, or she's not in pain? The test involved external stimulus, 
we don't believe she's in pain on an ongoing basis. But you don't know? My dad asked. We can't say for certain. Sydney made a frustrated noise. Doctor, is my sister going to wake up? We just don't know. The brain activity isn't as vigorous as I had hoped, but there's still some swelling from the injuries she sustained, so we won't know for sure until it's completely healed. And how long might that take? My dad asked. Again, we don't know. You're going to have to be patient. Meanwhile, when you talk to Marigold, you might try talking about childhood routines and memories. Why? My mother asked. It has to do with how the brain establishes and stores new and recent memories. It takes time for new memories to be recorded and hardwired into the brain. Older memories are sometimes easier to recall simply because we've recalled them more often. So that explained why I can't remember the events around the accident yet. And if my brain had been traumatized during the recording of the accident, maybe I never would. With that in mind, the doctor continued, you might try calling to Marigold to wake her up the way you did when she was little. Okay, my mother said, although I had a feeling she would not want to reenact her trips to the bottom of the stairs where she would yell, Marigold, wake up already. Don't make me come up there. My poor detached family. The attorney had charged them with learning about my current life, and now the doctor wanted them to relive my childhood, too. It's Stephanie again. What do you think will happen next in the Coma Girl Daily Podcast? Be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss a single episode of this six-month saga. And check the show notes for more information about Coma Girl eBooks and the complete audiobook plus links to other serials I've written. Thank you for joining the Coma Girl Party. This is going to be so fun. <laughs>